0: Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, I'm joined by a naturopath and medical doctor who specializes in women's health and author of Beyond the Pill, Dr. Jolene Brighton, to talk about the truth behind birth control, as well as other ways to be your healthiest, sexiest self. Topics include hormonal birth control, all the things you haven't been told but need to know, low libido. Here's how you can take steps to getting it up why you need to be listening to more than just your metaphorical gut, and how you can get your body into amazing shape, from hormones to your mind. All this and more. Thanks for listening. So if you've been listening to the show, it should be no surprise to you that women typically last longer to orgasm than men. This, my friends, is called the orgasm gap, and now there's something you can do about it. It's called permescent and trust me, this stuff really works. Promescent is an over-the-counter topical treatment that enhances men's ability to last longer. No pills, no prescriptions, and no questionable claims. Developed by urologists, Promescent isn't your typical delay spray. It's absorbed into the skin instead of staying on the surface, so instead of numbing everything, it leaves you with plenty of sensation. Enhancing your experience is easy. Just apply to the underside of the penis before sex. It's FDA-compliant and clinically proven to help men last up to 64% longer. And because Promescent gets completely absorbed, it won't transfer to your partner. It's time to close the orgasm gap, don't you think? Try Promescent for yourself. Just go to sexwithemily.com slash enhance. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash E-N-H-A-N-C-E today. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, go to sexwithemily.com. Do that now. Have you not been there lately? It is awesome. We've got posts and blogs and all the things to help you have better sex and relationships, which I know what you're all about. So thanks, everyone, for listening. You can also catch me Monday through Friday from 5 to 7 p.m. on SiriusXM, channel Stars 109, for more sex talk, which is really cool. If you want a free subscription, you can go to sexwithemily.com s XM, And here's the cool thing. You don't even have to get a subscription to Sirius. I mean, they would like it. But if you want, you could call us 888 947 I can still answer your calls that way. As always, follow me at Sex with Emily across the board on all social media. But I'm so excited to welcome my guest, Dr. Jolene Brighton. Hello. She wrote the book Beyond the Pill, a 30-day program to balance your hormones, reclaim your body, and reverse the dangerous side effects of the birth control pill. And she's a functional naturopathic medical doctor on a mission to give women's health the respect it deserves, which it does deserve. And there is something called post-birth control syndrome. And I, I friggin, we all kind of know this, right? We're like, of course there is. You can get your period back. You can resolve acne. You can enhance fertility. You can get your moods back. Maybe you're not depressed. You didn't need an antidepressant. Jolene, Doctor Brighton, Doctor Brighton. You can call me Jolene. Jolene. It's all
1: good. we're besties now. I feel like we are. <laughs> I heard you had orgasm. You had me an orgasm. I did. Okay, good. No, but
0: really, this is such an important book because this is a movement. Because in reading your book, it's like, first of all, men and women, everyone needs this information first of all, just so you can find her, it's at Dr. Jolene Brighton, B-R-I-G-H-T-E-N, everywhere, right? And Twitter and website, on your website is Dr. Brighton. We'll put this all on the, um, everywhere you're listening to this. Let's just start with the pill, is that it kind of reminded me of like Vietnam, right? When they came back and like Agent Orange and all the, and then they're finding out, I mean, I know that's very extreme, but as a woman who took birth control pill, I'm not taking it now in my 40s, but in my 20s, and all these side effects and things that can happen as a result of it, like depression or anxiety, you're the only one speaking about this in this way. I believe the side effects and that the impact it has, whether you're on it for a month or 10 years or the impact it can have when you go off of it. How do you regulate hormones, which are not very, they're not, we don't understand them. Our doctors feel like they don't understand. Them. We don't have a lot of information. And this book is just, it's just a wealth of knowledge that I think everybody needs to read and understand. And we're going to explain a lot to you today. But does it feel that way to you? Like we've kind of been duped?
1: Oh yeah, I feel like you know, there's just so much that it was like we don't even have the right to question or talk about. And I did the pill for ten years, and there was so much that I never knew about hormonal birth control. So much about I d- I didn't know about my body either, and I was just past the pill. It's almost like. In a way, as I look back at my own journey, and from what I've heard from so many patients, it's almost like we are past the pill to shut us up as quick as possible. And what shutting up, us up looks like is shutting down your symptoms. And that's your body's way of communicating. So that was your body literally speaking to you. And yet you were past a medication with no discussion about side effects or what would be taking place. Like most doctors, you know, and women and clinicians, like we're not thinking about the pill as a medication as much as like, oh, no, this is like a tool of women's empowerment and like there's all these kind of spins on it and yes it is and we have to remember it's also a medication
0: it is a medication like someone said are oh, you on any medications and you'd say oh just the pill like yeah it totally totally like, we yeah. don't even think about it but what we didn't realize was that even if you've been on the pill or not on the pill what I think is so fascinating here is that women are like never given any information about what it actually means when you get your period and how your body changes and what we all hear about the cycle and we know mm-hmm. it's about 28 days or 30, 28 to 32 days. But the fact that day by day that there's so much information that our body's telling us in our cycle, day one through seven and what day nine means and day 12 is information that we really need to have. And is it because do we not know this stuff because people really didn't know this before or is it, is it, Is it because we didn't really care?
1: The information's out there? Like, why don't we know this? I think that there's two big reasons. And it's, you know, and and this is very reductionistic, so I can admit that. But I think it's shame and I think it's a lack of respect. I think that there's a lot of shame about the female body. I think that we are supposed to, I mean, look at what they do on commercials. Let's pour some blue Windex to represent a menstrual cycle. Like, you're having your period. (sighs) And it's like, that is a very covert way of telling us this is something you should be ashamed of. And like, how? many of us and you're probably going to nod your head right now and I'm no better hide a tampon before we go to the bathroom like we sneak it up our I sleeve do. yeah right like totally do that and you know it's all these things of like we're supposed to be ashamed of our body and we get the narrative that our body's betraying us and that being a woman's just awful your period makes you the lesser like that is all old old story it's a narrative that's not true totally but this lack of respect you know is something that we didn't even start like studying women's bodies like until like a couple decades ago like we were studying men and then saying it's the same for a woman which makes zero sense like to be like you're a man and you have ejaculate but you're a woman and you gestate an entire human within your body like you have this potential and you go through these life cycles and all this stuff that goes on and like to just say we're the same it makes zero sense on a physiological level but I also think that There is when you look at, you know, a lot of how we approach the female body, it's a lack of respect. Like what other system is it okay to just shut it down and act like it's just, you know, it's a frivolous system to exist in the first place, except for the female reproductive system. And I think this lack of respect is also that like, you know, we're not even going to take the time to really understand and study the complex pathways of a woman. I'm doing air quotes for people who can't (laughs) see me. Because it's just too much. It's too complicated for a woman to understand. And doctors shouldn't be burdened with this. And we have these interventions, and we just do that. And and if we had more respect, I think we'd see more solutions for women beyond, you know, birth control. So beyond the pill, uh, beyond hysterectomies, beyond IVF. Like we would be looking at other ways to really support a woman's body. And so, you know, this book, when I set out to write it, I mean, it's called Beyond the Pill because I wanted to give women root cause solutions to their hormone imbalance to what they experience as women beyond passing them birth control. And if they chose to use that, totally they're right, whether it's for symptom management or for pregnancy prevention, but they should also know what they're getting into, how to monitor their body, and how to stay safe. Well, let's talk about that because whether you're on the pill or not, I'm not
0: telling everyone just go off the pill right now, although I think that's the direction we're heading in. Yeah, no, I don't know about that. Well, it was saying non-hormonal
1: birth control pills. Well, I I love non-hormonal birth control options, but like it's something that I'm really careful to walk a line of. Like we don't know. I'll walk the line with you. Then I'm just angry right now. Yeah, I mean it's it's like understandably so, right? But like you know, part of my background is that I worked in a homeless youth clinic for two years, and these are women who you know they're at high risk for sexual assault. So the ability to control reproductive of health is a health issue. It's not just a women's rights issue. It's a health issue. But in addition, there's something that we are only now seeing to get more play and more people talking about Menstrual inequality Like how freaking expensive Is it to buy tampons And then If you buy the cheap ones That are full of chlorine And all these other things And it's an assault On your cervix But like never mind Whatever Just like I Right there at the dollar store Did, did so. you see this Joe Rogan His stand up uh, When he yeah. was like Tampons were obviously Invented by men Because they're just like You're bleeding Just shove something up there <laughs> yeah. And I I died laughing I like still oh, I go so back funny. to that And I cry laughing Because I laugh so hard um, But with that it's like these women who are living on the street they can't afford tampons they can't afford pads they can't afford these things that like men definitely take for granted right. but like many of us have and with that being able to administer a depot shot so that they shut down their period like that's an amazing tool for them to have and so I walk the line with it because we never really know what happens behind closed doors in a woman's life and we right. really we know what's happening in our life and we try to understand people from that position but we can't really understand what does it look like for her and so you know no you're right that's true okay I I hear what you're saying because we have to we still have to take care of
0: of being of being safe and having safe sex and making sure we don't get pregnant we don't want to get pregnant I understand that what do we not know like about our period about our hormones like what
1: are the main things that we just don't get yeah well in 2015 uh, ACOG who governs obstetricians and gynecologists they arrived at the place where they recognize that your period is the fifth vital sign 2015, 2015. how long we've been bleeding for right, for freaking ever <laughs> I know it's still something where I'm like when people are like there's no more women's movement we we got everything we need like there are people who spin this story and I'm yeah. like yo they just recognized our period is like essential like as of three years ago yeah. like well now nah, four years ago I don't even know what day it is apparently right? Um, but with that even- you know this is something where I take you through the book of like Okay. Firstly, we go into the lowdown of your hormones so that you can understand key players in your menstrual cycle, but also your overall hormonal health. Like I set out to basically heal everything that sex ed teachers had, like, you know, basically wreaked havoc on in women's lives. Like I walked away when I finally got sex ed um, and that wasn't until high school. And I was like, great. I know how to put a condom on a banana, but I'm not sure what my body's doing (laughs) every day. No idea. And that's really what I wanted to do for women is say, okay, Here's what you need to know about your hormones. Here's how a natural menstrual cycle works. If you understand, hey, this is when uh, estrogen rises, when testosterone rises, when progesterone rises, you can start to identify when things are not operating correctly. And then we go into the take back your period chapter, which is where every major period problem we face that women are past birth control for, I actually go into this is what might be going on. This is what your doctor should test. And this is what you can do right now. So give me an example. Heavy periods. This is one. The other thing is that help, uh, this book is helping women know what's normal and what's not normal. It's not normal to bleed for more than seven days. It's not normal to bleed through a tampon and pad. It's not normal to have to wake up. And when I mean tampon and pad, I mean you're simultaneously using a tampon and pad and, and they, it fails. And you're bleeding through, right. Yeah. It's not normal to wake up in the middle of the night and need to change whatever, you know, uh, period products you're using. Like these things are not normal. Even if you're on the pill or off the pill. Even if you're on no or matter off what the pill. It, right. And if you're on the pill, your periods usually are like three days or less. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, this is not normal. Well, you're saying we let me back up because
0: people will go on the pill to suppress these symptoms. Yeah. Like, oh, so, my let's scam. talk about what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, wait, but instead of doing that, then having a band aid solution of a right? pill, you can actually, you don't have to live with it. Like, we used to just think that's our lot in life. I'm going to have cramps, I'm going to bleed through the bed. So, totally. So, totally. then what do you do? So,
1: then you could say that could be a th- symptom of out yeah. of whack. Well, as I again, love that you say uh, you say a band aid because it's exactly what it is. It's a hormonal band aid, so it's like you're not seeing the symptoms anymore, but like just like a band aid does not heal the underlying issue. Like if you've got a wound, your body's going to heal that, and you know with the hormonal birth control, it it will mask it, but you won't actually heal. So let's say it's iron deficiency anemia. Iron deficiency anemia can lead to heavy periods. Hypothyroidism can lead to heavy periods. Like it could be fibroids going on. So there's reasons that we have this. There's lack testing your doctor can do simple blood tests i mean a cbc out-of-pocket that's a complete blood count just a really quick dirty screen for uh you know anemia like ten dollars like that we could do and check rather than putting her on birth control and understand if that's what's going on and then there's things that you need to do at home like if you have heavy periods it doesn't matter whether or not you are overtly you got the diagnosis of iron deficiency anemia You have to eat iron, you have to eat B12, B6, and you have to get folate in. We need those things to grow and build red blood cells and make them healthy. And if you're bleeding that much, you are losing red blood cells. You need to up your stores. And so I take women through, like what do you need to do in terms of food, lifestyle, and supplementation to make sure that you're protected. And as you mentioned with acne, that's a big one. But what could acne be due to? It could be due to maybe you have depletions in vitamin A and zinc. Maybe your microbiome, the good gut bugs, are skewed in your gut. Maybe you have food sensitivities. Maybe you have poor liver detoxification or poor bowel movements. Now you're putting things, your toxins, yeah. out through your skin. Guess what? The pill actually makes all of those things worse, but it may shut down the androgen production, which might be what's going on with your acne. Acne is rarely just yeah. one thing. Just for everybody listening, that's why. Like, you know, you get on a pharmaceutical and you're right. like, why didn't it fix all the things? Right. Because there's usually multiple things going on. But so you might get put on the pill. But what if you have this this acne going on because you have polycystic ovarian syndrome? Exactly. You have PCOS. You're already at higher risk for uh, stroke, heart attack. So cardiovascular issues, diabetes. Diabetes. Hormonal birth control also raises the risk of those, and so given you might have a specific genetic mutation, so now you're trading acne for a blood clot. Like, right, you should know it's that you, you should, should have the informed gonna, consent. Because I'm thinking about young Emily, so me in my twenties, like I could barely like
0: pay my rent on time or figure out how to make my bed, or you know, like I'm I have three jobs, I'm trying to make my way an adult, and I still sometimes have you know, adulting is challenged. So I'm just thinking about being a young girl and knowing like what would I. Maybe there'll be more resources now, but would I have known to get vitamin A and folate and how, how I got a get, book for that. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I love all of your recipes. I guess I'm just thinking people are probably more resourceful than I would I have cooked it. But these recipes are amazing and that you have a solution, like you have a plan. Oh yeah. You have you have supplements and plans and things that people can take now, which I think is Genius.
1: I took all your tests. That's awesome. She's got amazing tests in the book. I'm a big fan of quizzes. I love quizzes. I mean, of course. We grew up with Cosmo, right? Honestly. I swear I only went to the gym in my my 20s to get the Cosmo. Same.
0: I did the pink, my pink marker. I did the quizzes and I was like, oh, this is just kind of like a, It's just, it's like every single thing that, where was those, where were
1: they? Um, You know, I saw someone really brilliant. I wish I could take credit for this brilliance, but they actually screenshot. So on their phone, they took a picture and then they filled it out on their phone. And, oh, that's and really smart. people are doing it with their iPad as well, and then they're they're do, they're uh, archiving the file, and then they're coming back thirty days later doing the same thing. And there are women now because the book has been out for two months. That's they're it. like, I have my before and after, and then I'm refining with the second one, and so then I'm going to have like three months out. I'm like, it's a good I, game. We need to get you an app or something. Oh my god, yeah. Why haven't I thought of that? I don't know. No, you need an you're need brilliant. Well, I don't. That's why gonna, I'm here. I'm hanging being, out with you. You're <laughs> you. Yeah, we need to hang out more. I already
0: know we will, but I. But yeah, though that's smart because you guys should. be the quiz you're like, oh yeah, I got excited. I was like, I'll take the quiz, and then you realize that like, you know, all the different categories tells you where you might have like a. For me, it was like low estrogen, and you go to low estrogen. This is what I need. So you could even skip around and be like, these are the things I need to be taking. You oh yeah, it's make designed it really, to really, get really in easy. and get out. Yeah, to get in and yeah, get <laughs> out because who has time? But like, I want to send this to every single uh, woman I know. But it's also important for for like for men too. Like I think you're so right. This shame around the period, like I do. I even hear well, not with the girls, maybe, but like. Yep, you put your tamp you put your tampon up your sleeve We're on the airplane yeah. the other day. Like I don't want people to know, but I just and I even on the show I'm going to admit it. Like it's been you know maybe like five ten years ago when I was like oh I never want to talk to a guy about my period. It's not mm-hmm. sexy. It's not. But it's something that that happens, and I think the more that we normalize it and we talk about it, we could all so much help each other. Women just have to really. This information, if you're hearing this right now, I mean, share this with your friends. I mean, share this information about taking control of your health because I got to be honest with you. And I say this on the, on the serious show, a lot of people calling in, they're going to their gynecologists and they're not getting these kind of answers. Women, for example, who are going through low libido, mm-hmm. um, fertility challenges, it's more like, or, or even acne, they're just getting pills and told to go home. And it's not that gynecologists aren't like, didn't go to school and they're not working hard and.
1: They just don't have All of these answers Which are new right new It's or- different tools Like and that's what We have to look at Is it's like Your gynecologist Isn't bad I mean they believe What they learned in school Which is this is the pill For every female ill And it will fix you And it will cure your symptoms And like if you believe It can help Why wouldn't you prescribe it But it's a lack of tools Like that's their tools And that's not because They're a bad doctor It's just It's a different philosophy And it's an important approach But more You know Allopathic medicine Is more of acute care And what we're facing with hormone imbalances, they didn't happen yesterday. It didn't happen today. It's something that's taken place chronically. It's been over decades. And so what we're facing now, um, you know, here I am in my 30s and I look back at like, whoa, yeah, those times where you were like, you know, metabolic obscenities is is what I call it, where you eat in a way that literally cusses out your body. Like That's what I did through my teenage years. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like I I hope everything I'm doing now takes care of my bones because I didn't know that. that like oh you know what you're eating how you're fueling yourself that has everything to do with bone health I you know 14 year old me was like that's an old person thing what are you talking about I'm fine bones I have bones but like yeah no but like you think back of like wow what we arrive in our 60s our 70s our 90s like experiencing is we set that foundation ahead of time and so with your gynecologist like they're great for doing a screening exam Please don't mistake a screening exam for preventative medicine. Having a, you know, annual exam and a pap every 3 years is screening. It's a screening tool. It's not we get in our head like, "Oh, I'll just wait and go to the doctor and then I'll get that preventative medicine." Preventative medicine is what you put at the end of your fork, how you talk to yourself, how much time are you sleeping and spending in bed and like all of these kinds of things that um, they really, they're not sexy and they're not like, they're the, kind that, honestly, they're everything your mom told you to do and she was right. And I yeah. know, come on, we all want to eye roll right now, right? right.
0: Exactly. <laughs> right, right. Be nice to yourself, sleep, rest, totally. eat your vegetables, all the things. Let's talk about the pill and the impact it has on your libido mm. because I... I mean, until I started studying sex, I didn't realize that the pill was one of the culprits. Yeah. And I just remember my experience going on the pill. It was so unfortunate because I went on the pill literally the day I went off to college. So I just kept thinking it's freshman year. It's stress. It's anxiety. Mm-hmm. I no longer wanted to have sex with
1: my boyfriend anymore. I no longer. I mean, there was a million different problems I had. My and, boobs and then it's oh because you're just going to college and it's all these changes even when you go to your doctor and it's a very common prescription of right? like oh you're going to college here's your pill study hard yes. see you later and no discussion about Nothing. the fact that like I was away things, from home. things could go wrong with
0: this and what should you look out for right so how many cases of women what percentage have an impact on
1: their sex drive, what they want, their desire? Yeah, well what's we don't have great data on like uh, like how many women are, you know, reporting because it takes a woman reporting and talking about True. this on like how many women can we say conclusively that the pill is the reason for their low libido? Cuz as you know, a low libido is usually multifactorial. Exactly. And we can get ourselves into a place where it's like you start the pill Now you have pelvic pain, you have pain with intercourse, you're having vaginal dryness. I've talked with a physical therapist who. Or helping women with vaginismus and uh, you know various conditions, and they have said to me, women on the pill. I've seen women in their twenties have vaginas look like they're in their fifties because they're being deprived of these natural hormones, and their tissue can start to atrophy, to shrink. They don't have healthy pink tissue and healthy mucosa making secretions. And so, why this is important, we're going to talk about what yeah. the pill does specifically to your libido and your hormones. But why this is piece is important is because many Maybe you got on the pill, you still had a bit of a libido, you weren't one of those women that crashed your libido. Then you started having pain with sex. Yeah. And you weren't you were having inability to orgasm. What organism in the world is going to continue to participate in something that causes pain? So now we've got pain avoidance, nervous system gets set and hardwired where it's like, oh my God, stay away. Like that is painful. There's a penis coming at me. I don't right. want anything to do with that. And like now, either your communication starts to break down with your partner, you think you're broken, something's wrong with you, your doctor's really good at being like yeah libidos and all this business that's normal that's part of being a woman and maybe you'll get some solutions I mean this was my story through yeah. my 20s and my doctor recommended I cut off my nerve like just cut your pedundal nerve and um, that was a female doctor oh. and um, I was married at the time this okay. is not my husband now this is this is uh, you know you guys I'll right. be honest I've, <laughs> I've been divorced because okay. like, don't get married in your early no, 20s no. Jolene that was bad it um, was just not <laughs> a good I'm decision like, for me don't get married till you're 30 yeah please. no that's actually with my right. son. I'm like, just wait until you're thirty. Right. That's why I say I will all the actually time. if you wait until you're thirty, I will pay for you guys to live yes. together. Like yes. please, just wait until <laughs> right. your brain please is wait. developed. Please wait until you understand um, life. But you know, with more. all of that, you know, this is something where, you know, when it comes to sexual dysfunction as and it's really it's really sexual adaptation. Like we need to change that with women because we say you have sexual dysfunction, but it's not that you're dysfunctional. It's that you're having a physiological adaptation, which is completely appropriate in your survival. You're not broken. Things are not wrong with you. We just have to go to the root of what is making your body adapt in that way. And that's something that's very much part of my message is like, you're
0: not broken. We're not broken. Well, we all blame ourselves. Women, we normalize pain. We normalize inability to orgasm. We normalize so much... we flame ourselves for everything. Oh, totally. And we have nowhere else to go for it. And we just all, we all commiserate. Like, I got my period. Da, da. And we yeah. just, yeah, we don't realize that painful sex, inability to orgasm, like all that we can get through.
1: Totally. And so, so with the pill specifically, we know that the pill alters the genetic expression in your liver. So yes, people listening, yes. I just said this medication alters your genetics in your liver. So you express higher amounts of the protein sex hormone binding globulin. Now it does this. This is a physiological adaptation to keep you safe because, yes, the pill is low dose comparatively speaking. It is not low dose. It is comparatively speaking to the first iterations in the 50s and 60s that were killing a lot of women and causing a lot of issues and they lowered the dose over time. However, it is still a high enough dose that you take it. It passes through your liver. Your liver gets a shot at detoxifying it and trying to break it down, but it's still high enough that it shuts down brain ovarian communication. So it's a low dose relative, but in reality… To the one that was, you know… Harmful Very totally. harmful To women Yeah, yeah. In their 50s. So with that If sex hormone Binding globulin Goes high It goes high So it can protect you It's grabbing onto These excess hormones Because overstimulation Of any hormone On the receptors Is bad news But with that It's also going to Grab onto testosterone So the pill Can specifically Shut down Ovarian production Of testosterone By up to 50% And you know It might be higher In some women Given you know Their genetic makeup And then we've got Elevated sex hormone Binding globulin Now it's grabbing onto Any testosterone that you do manage to make because testosterone is also important for women absolutely oh god it's so overlooked and it's not just about libido i mean if you take the pill and you feel like i woke up i kicked ass and i repeated every single day and then i start (laughs) hormonal birth control and my kick ass is gone where did it go testosterone it could be testosterone Testosterone's if you are i start hormonal birth control and i'm crying throughout the day and i have no energy that could be testosterone that can be one of those right. reasons so testosterone is super important in women's health and it's it's just like progesterone is super important in men's health we just have different variations of it you know that's the thing about getting
0: also your hormones tested too because i've tried different weight like is it blood tests is it i've done the dutch test
1: I love the Dutch. You test. you like it? You pee on the stick like <laughs> yeah. seven
0: times. I got my. I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah. So that is a good way to do it. People are like. Oh, yeah. everyone's got all these different thoughts. I thought the Dutch test was good too. Some people haven't heard of it, but anyway, getting them tested. Would you recommend that? Would you, young
1: people, should get them tested? Their hormones are just kind of. You're talking about regulating them. Oh, I think we should get our, we should get lab testing done while we're healthy. I mean, I think that's a big short sighted approach in modern medicine is that we wait until you have symptoms and then the symptoms justify lab testing. And like, where does this come from? It comes from hospital administrators and uh, insurance companies and all of that. I'm not hating on doctors here. Right. Um, but with that, it's like you have symptoms now that justifies me ordering the lab test and now your labs come back and they say, well, they're normal. Normal for who? Normal for who? In this range that's like. In this range. uh, So if you take thyroid, for example, thyroid reference ranges are set on a, you know, basically they take the collection of the population that is getting thyroid testing. They average it out and they say that's the normal. That must be normal. Of the the population that's actually getting tested, if they have access to the data. And why do we order? What did I just say? Why do we order testing? You have symptoms. Oh, so likely you're hypothyroid. We also see elderly people get this test. So are we comparing a 60 year old to a 20 year old and saying that should be the same? Like completely different life cycles that you're at. So it's a big issue. And I think this is why I advocate for people to get their lab testing while they're healthy. You have your baseline. You know you're normal when you are doing the waking up, kicking. you know where you're at and then When something changes now you can Actually compare it and say this is where I was this is where I am now although My doctor may have said this is normal When they see a significant change from where you Were it gives a little pause it makes You look at things differently but you know So it's you talked about like this Book being a movement I don't think I didn't Set out for it to be a movement but there's so many themes that have come out of it like I feel Like it's I get angry I read it I'm like Yeah no or you know I said I think this is A movement because I even
0: if it's just a movement that I want women to to take control of everything they put in their body and to understand their cycle. There's so much you can know about like the color of the blood, mm-hmm. which days you're menstruating on, right? Like are your your stools? Like what they what it looks like when you go to the bathroom, right? It's totally. all part of it. Yeah, and all this stuff this, we're not
1: supposed to talk we're not about. We're supposed to talk about, but
0: that stuff it's such a relief when you understand it. And so I do think it's a movement just for women to take control of their sexual health. Just whatever it is, their periods, their when you're going to a doctor and you don't just like take the pill and and you know go to sleep like think about these things read these things understand it because because the whole other thing is that when women are on the pill for so long and they go off the pill and they try to get pregnant we've been told like oh that's just easy just go off the pill but it's not Mm, so if you my goodness right that's a whole not i mean that's the thing like i literally could have you ever ten, like a 10 part series (laughs) because everything i read i came in like jamie i don't know before i do this show i want to talk to her about everything okay we're going to take a quick break and we come back even more dr jolene Okay, let's be honest. If you're over 40, there's a 50-50 chance that you're one of 39 million men affected by erectile dysfunction. And if you're not, you might be one of the 39 million partners that's affected as well. I know not everyone experiences it the same, and your doctor may have it totally under control with medication, which is great. But I hear from plenty of you who have totally lost hope. You tried it all, or so it seems, but I'm telling you, there's something you can do to fight back and that your sex life is not over and that ED is definitely not something to be ashamed of. Boston Scientific is leading the charge to eliminate the ED stigma and to get men and their partners talking about their condition. Their surgical implants have helped almost half a million men return to normal, yeah, normal sexual function, men who thought they tried everything. Time to lose the shame and take control. To learn more about Boston Scientific's treatment options, go to sexwithemily.com slash no shame. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash N-O-S-H-A-M-E today. I am so excited to let you know you can now hear Sex with Emily live five days a week on SiriusXM radio. You'll find me on Stars, Channel 109 Monday through Friday at 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. But don't worry, the podcast is staying right here. My brand new radio show will have everything you love about Sex with Emily and more. Because every day I'll be interviewing guests sharing the latest news, and my favorite part, taking your calls live on the air two hours every weekday. If you're a SiriusXM subscriber, you already know how great it is. If you never tried it, get a free trial for 30 days. Just go to sexwithemily.com sxm. That's sexwithemily.com sxm today to try SiriusXM for yourself. See you there. So let's talk about something lighter here. Because you say women have four different types of orgasms throughout their monthly cycle. Mm-hmm. What are the four different ones we can have?
1: Yeah. So I am not an expert in this arena. Right, I'll but, just, I, but this is something that it, there is an actual sexual device called Lioness. Have you heard of this? Yes, I have heard and of it. It's so, in East Bay. They're doing it in San Francisco. I believe they are. Right. I met them I've in LA at an event, okay. and so they have recorded data of women not on hormonal birth control, and found that there are four different orgasms that can happen throughout the cycle. And they they have ones where they're like the mountains and the peaks and the yeah. like. There's and they actually can uh, to they can measure this. Now, what's fascinating about this though is that I I want to work with them more to be like, is it where they're at in their menstrual cycle that gives them? And it seems to be like where you are in your menstrual cycle you can have different types of orgasms um so this is something where it's like if you're on hormonal birth control you're missing out on the smorgasbord of orgasms Mm -hmm. you're missing out on the fact that you have all this data that you walk around with in your body like the data of living in your body whenever a patient comes to me i pass them a journal i'm like you have to start charting all of this information they're like what i thought you're doing lab testing Right, lab testing only is one snapshot in time. It only has value if I through, like, view it through the lens of your story. When it comes to lab testing, there also has to be certain days that you test. So I just had a woman. Who wrote to me? And she's like, my doctor said that my progesterone's fine, but it's super low, and I feel so confused. And uh, and he's like, there's no problem here with ovulation. I'm like, well, when did you test progesterone? Day 11 of my cycle. Did you ovulate? No, I ovulated like later. Right. Okay. You only get progesterone following ovulation because you need the corpus luteum in the ovary to actually secrete that. And she's like, she wrote me back and said I went to my doctor, and he was like, I don't know where you learned any of that. That's not true. You well, can th- test hormones any day. Uh, any day of a cycle and i was like you learned it in physiology yeah, like i don't I understand. know. understand the progesterone yeah, I, I even know that's
0: true because i've been talking to different doctors trying to figure out this whole journey for myself of what what i'm supposed to do and how i'm supposed to test it and a lot of them have some are like the dutch test isn't great or you have to
1: use uh, saliva to test yours well and it just depends because like the dutch test is indirect measurement of progesterone but with the dutch test you get something you don't get in typical blood which is estrogen metabolites and I don't really care what your total estrogen is if I don't also know what you're doing with it. You can take the quiz and women will get confused sometimes because they're like, my quiz says I have low estrogen, but then it says I have high estrogen. And how is this a thing? Well, you may have low estrogen in the follicular phase, and then you may have estrogen dominance in the luteal phase, or you might have lower estrogen levels, but you're making potent 16-hydroxyestrone, and that is stimulating all the bad things to happen, like growths in your uterus, growth in your breasts, heavy periods, lots of clots, all of that. And so that's what's nice about the DOTCH is you can see the metabolites. I also really value... Knowing where your adrenal glands are at. When I explain hormones, explain that. Yeah, well, we want to talk about hormones when I talk about it in like it's like a pyramid. And the foundation of that is, that's going to be your adrenal glands. And blood sugar comes into play with that. So insulin's in the mix with that as well. Right above that is thyroid hormone. And at the very tippy top is your estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. So your sex hormones. And everybody wants to chase the sex hormones because those are the symptoms that make them feel like they're crazy in their own body. But why would you keep addressing the tip of the pyramid, trying to build it up, make it strong when the foundation just keeps crumbling? And so we need to look at what is going on with the adrenal function in the The conventional paradigm, you look at ACTH, which is a brain hormone that says to the adrenal glands, make cortisol, and they measure cortisol one and done. That doesn't really work because cortisol, it has – so with the Dutch test, you're going to take at least four points throughout the day because cortisol has a rhythm throughout the day, and you need to see when is cortisol high, when is it low, but in addition – are you making cortisone? Because maybe that's... I got like the 10-page... I didn't know what to do with it. Yes, I know. I remember. Yeah, But you might get the standard test. You might get the standard blood test and it says your cortisol's, you know, oh, it's like low normal. But then when you look on the Dutch test, it might be that actually your cortisone, the inactive one, is through the roof. That is something that's telling us you don't have an inability to make cortisol. Your enzymes are breaking it down. They're trying to make it inactive. Why are they doing that? Well, too much cortisol will aid you at the cellular level yes women that will be like gray hair and wrinkles but it's also like de- death of your tissues it's not a good thing so your body protects you it breaks it down but it might also be because you've got infections going on or you've got thyroid issues and so you have to dig deeper and look at that and so that's something i love about the dutch work, though i mean i'm the only i mean i went to a naturopath and he did it but I- that's, I don't think a lot of people know about it. You talk yeah. about it in your book, too. I, know, I do talk about it in my book. Because yeah, the other a, thing is I talk about melatonin. Yeah. And that's something where everyone's like, oh, melatonin helps you for sleep. Sleepy, yeah. And it's like, yeah, and if you don't have it, like night shift workers, you're at higher risk for breast cancer. So this is something where when the doctor says, oh, you have a family history of ovarian cancer, the only way to prevent it is the pill. There's actually a lot of ways, well, you know, to prevent it. And melatonin the- is one of those. Well, so there's a lot of things. What, what about
0: PMS, for example? Mm-hmm. I think that that's the other thing that women just assume, well, that's our light i'm gonna have pms i'm gonna want it because me for so so i was thinking about this like so i went on the pill when i was 18 i hadn't had an orgasm yet Mm -hmm. and it still has always been like i had to learn i never thought about masturbating it was more challenging and then i started having this pms that i was like so i felt like for a week of the month i was going to like my whole life i want you know you want to kill everyone you're crying you're sad Mm -hmm. and then i feel like um, that finally got like, a period and like literally that day I'd be like oh thank God I feel yeah. better but then I felt like for a while I was spending the next three weeks cleaning up for that week that I was a disaster
1: <laughs> totally yeah <laughs> and my
0: dad had died when I was 20 so I always tried it, or 19 so I'm just it's so hard to tell In my 20s it was a very hard time but I was yeah. like but then I went to a doctor when I was, like, 26, 27. I was, like, I think I'm depressed. Like, well, you could take the – what was the purple pill then? It was, like, Zoloft, but it was – it was for PMS. Sorry, was- I just went to Prilosec. Oh, <laughs> the oh purple. Oh. Pill. Well, <laughs> then it was called something. But it was, like, for PMS, but it was a pill. It was, like, yeah. Prozac, but once – I was, like, great. And it helped, it helped me with those symptoms. And I was, like, oh, maybe I'm not depressed, but – how do we naturally then, without going on the pale, if we are having PMS, because what what can we do at a base level? Oh, there are pages and pages of that in my in book. book. Because, okay, right. you know,
1: PMS is not normal. I thought can it was. Can I just buy
0: this book? Because it is such a read. <laughs> like when I read I read it in a day. Like, it is fascinating to me. And it just makes me like, it just it makes me feel like I, I, I finally got the keys to this, this, this body of mine that I didn't really understand before. Even though I do a lot of work and it's my job. But I even went to a doctor a few years ago. He's like, well, hormones, we just don't know a lot. And he looked at me and I was like,
1: yeah, you know, there's this thing I called PubMed, and if you type doctor, in hormones, it'll come up. You didn't have out.
0: that information. It's, so
1: well doctors are learning a lot they are. they are learning a lot we know a lot more and that's why we have a lot more specialists and a lot more people focused on things and with PMS you know people they make all these jokes there's so many jokes out there about women and about how our periods make us the lesser and how PMS is like the weirdest and she's just a bitch and all these things and in but reality it's a sign that something's off and a lot of the times it can come down to estrogen dominance and so I'm gonna go is it okay that I go there with your dad yeah. dying and what happened yeah. okay so likely you have this this incredibly stressful event like take place and what happened is is that as you're coping with that your body's like I have not evolved to know whether this is a lion or this is, like, an acute stressor of a loss of a loved one. Like, your body doesn't know what is sending the fear and the danger signal. Sympathetic and parasympathetic. Nervous system is right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, yes, yes. your
1: body loving you, keeping you safe, wanting you to survive shifts you into that cortisol production and, like, let's put our energy into cortisol. So the brain is signaling survival at the expense of reproductive health because why on earth would you want to get pregnant when you can't? Run from a lion very easily. Um, there might be what if you're not eating because that's usually happens when someone passes. We, yeah. we, you know, calorically restrict, yeah. Except I, was anemic. yeah I was like, yeah. yeah, and so with that, your body doesn't know if there's a famine or not. You can't support a whole nother life in your body. Babies are really noisy if there's predators around, <laughs> yeah. that's a problem. And so, your body protecting you will shift you into this state of survival at the expense of you maybe ovulating or producing your progesterone. And so when you don't get those progesterone levels up so you have to ovulate everybody listening yes. whether or not you want a baby ovulation that we focus on the menstrual cycle as if like the period is the main event yeah, and really the period it's not the main event no the period's <laughs> the wah wah we right, didn't right. get pregnant right. and the main event is really ovulation and so with that you know if you ovulate and we all want to ovulate through our fertile years because what is left behind is the corpus luteum it is the only way for you to get significant substantial progesterone up to challenge that estrogen so that can be a relative estrogen dominance now you're in your 20s you're in college you're at the mercy of dorm food re- food you know yeah. you, uh, like remembering back right. of like ugh, <laughs> so bad like right. how much broccoli did you really eat but with that now we've got how are you feeding your microbiome were you fueling liver detoxification which is packaging up the estrogen and are you pooping every day like I don't know if I was even pooping every day Probably in my not. 20s right? I wasn't
0: healthy at all no I wasn't yeah. healthy I was studying and it was like that whole like I was a marathon runner oh it was yeah like the so you were like fight or diet. flight is my jam I, fight or flight. I was like running. I was like, you know, just survival mode. Yeah, for totally. sure. And not healthy and not eating a lot of protein and not, you know, oh, God. Yeah. Was such. It was just the whole low fat thing. And the oh, whole, totally.
1: I did that, too. The, the worst. stupidest thing. No. Stupidest not thing the you stupid. Do. One of the stupidest <laughs> things I've done in my life is like, let's take the pill and be on a low fat vegetarian diet. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. I did that, too. Double up the no libido action right there. Because well, right. without fat, you don't build your sex I hormones. I did no fat. Yeah. I had no fat in my 20s. Oh, no. I didn't uh, know. I, I, I was afraid. like, I convinced myself I hated butter and cheese. Yeah, same. Nobody hates butter Nobody and cheese. Nobody hates a butter lie. and cheese. Exactly. And then today I'm at Bulletproof Conference, like, putting back, like, Bulletproof buttered coffee. Like, exactly. Know, like, the were, times like, have changed. It, bring <laughs> it.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's true. So that's, yeah, that's what probably, there was a lot of things going on. But there wasn't, but now I guess there's more information about how I would have solved that. Mm-hmm. Now, what about gut health? That's a whole thing, too, that's. Yeah. How come we're just learning now that the gut, second brain, like what?
1: what? We've been around for a long time. Totally. Were yeah. we just not doing the work? Were we not? Well, we just, we're like, what are we lacking in medicine? Like humility and curiosity. We think we conquer something. We put a flag in it and we're like, next, moving on. And like, we think, we think we know more than we actually do. And nobody wants to hear a doctor say like, we don't know that much, um, but we really don't know that much about the human body. We're still discovering anatomical structure. There was just a study that came out last year showing in the rodent model that if you remove the uterus of a rodent, they can't navigate a maze. Oh, snap. Are you saying that our uterus is not just a baby container that's expendable that you just cut out like like willy-nilly because it might actually be interacting with our brain? And yet, uh, about 66% of us are Alzheimer's patients, are women. Like, should we be maybe looking at these like puzzle pieces, so to speak, and putting them together? But, you know, I have been um in the medical and health arena for over 20 years now and I remember when the microbiome was taught as just a bunch of freeloaders who lived in your gut. They made a little bit of B12, vitamin K, but other than that, they didn't really do much. Like, it was very much, like, glazed over, and I, I'm I'm a bit of a hoarder with my, like, my school stuff, and I just, like, two years ago, cleaned out all my binders from undergrad. Okay. I should have screenshotted all of them, yeah. where it was like, microbiome, bunch of freeloaders. Like, it was in there. I <laughs> yeah, was like, oh, That's my amazing. God. Um, but. With all of that, it's, you know, that was what, that was the dogma. We have to recognize that like there is this dogma in medicine. It is belief, which belief is not part of science. Like we do have our our belief, but it turns into a hypothesis and then we test it and then we ask, is it true? Is it not true? And so, you know, with the microbiome, I think that part of it is that there's been this open-mindedness to it, but it's also been that like our technologies are right. advancing. So right. we can recognize that like we didn't have the ability to do a lot of what we do now, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And so there is technology catching up. But Look at what we were doing before then. Appendix. No one needs an appendix. Just take it out. And right. now we're like, oh, wait a minute. Right. Your, your appendix is actually like a little storehouse of these good guys who come out and they throw down against bad guys like when you need them. Yeah, that's and that's like, what I've heard about the appendix too. Like, no, we need that. That's yeah. where stuff's happening. We're just getting rid of body parts. Yeah, you know, a tried and true rule is that if your body continued to evolve and it retained these things, it wasn't for funsies. Okay. Right. And <laughs> just because like you didn't figure it out, like we haven't figured it out yet, doesn't mean that it's frivolous or expendable. And that's a bit of like, what we've seen in women's medicine, like why have we not seen advances in reproductive technology? Why have we not seen advances in treatments and therapies? Because we passed you the pill. It ain't broke, don't fix exactly. it. Exactly, and you'll just take it because you're the one who will get pregnant. Like, like this is my it's thing. Wrong. It hasn't,
0: ev- it has not evolved. That's the thing. There hasn't been innovation. There hasn't. Well, now I guess there are more technologies, but as far as so, yeah, but that's like in the last handful of years in terms of like. Well, your book is the first I like, confirm. I mean, but there's been things that have said the pill's bad, and I kind of knew it. I'm like, I'm glad I'm. Passing that age but i didn't realize that you could be taking it and go off it and you could never get back on track to how you were like there's some work to do tell me about the the results that you've had or the um the feedback you've had the book's been out for two months Mm -hmm. i want everyone to read this but what have you gotten people follow this the 30 days plan which i want to do what, what kind of results have you gotten from people sending oh you? It has been amazing. Tell me. It must be mind-blowing.
1: Yeah. I mean, so much of it is like you you put a book out into the world. I actually yeah, was like having panic before the book came out. I was like, oh, I know that. what if it's not great? What if it's dumb? What if I put too much into it? What if I'm just being a woman and I'm going through the thing <laughs> women do? By the way, don't shame yourself for it. The entire human species is here and exists because we do this. We put other people first and we like question everything That's we That's what these women do. We do
0: that. We are so hard on ourselves. Yeah. But we're warriors. But yeah, we have to get out of our heads, get out of our own way. But
1: yeah, okay, so you put it out there, of course, and yeah. you're like, I don't know. Well, it's just been astounding. Like the things that I thought, well, like this is gonna be really key takeaways. Like when I talk about menstrual blood being full of stem cells and how they're actually using it in some studies to so, like to like regenerate tissues, I thought people would bounce on that and be like, Whoa, that's amazing. And like, no, no, that's not the thing. And the things have like what the, has it been? What have the been? The biggest thing has been I knew it all this time. I knew I wasn't crazy. I knew I wasn't alone. I knew I wasn't the only one. I knew it wasn't in my head. And I've had women in their 60s and 70s writing me saying, I read your book and it literally healed my my fertile self. Like through those years, like that I thought all these things were wrong with me. My doctor never believed me. I didn't realize I was still carrying that wound forward and thinking that I was this really messed up like person. And yet I read your book and I finally feel like, I I know I know what was going on. Right. I've like healed my body. There have been women who so acne, I will say acne is yeah, usually let's talk about been, acne too cuz yeah, I, I have a friend in her 40s still taking the pill for acne. I'm like, "Dude, get yeah. off that." And what happens when you stop? Your right. acne What's comes back. So it's get, not fixing it. Right. But with that, you know, acne is usually the last thing to heal. So with acne, it's something that we see. We and I say to people like, you know, if you if you have acne, think about, would you want that acne on your heart? Would you want that acne? Would you want like these pus little infections on your heart, your liver, your kidneys, your gut. like No, you wouldn't. And so your body is putting it on your skin instead because that's a safer, more benign place. And the healing it takes to heal acne, for good, it's internal. So your body's going to prioritize healing your gut, healing your liver, healing all of these organs first. And you can't see that. So it's very frustrating. You also feel like maybe you're doing something wrong and there's people out there promising like, you can heal your hormones in a matter of weeks. And it's like, well, you can start to feel better, but your menstrual cycle is more than a couple of weeks. So, like, we can use a little common sense to know that, like, it's not you that did anything wrong. It's just that you need to work with your body and it takes time. But with acne, I've been kind of blown away by some of the results women have been getting because usually acne is something that's going to be like three months, six months, sometimes even longer for some women to really get resolution. And there was a gal on Instagram who posted a photo of before and after her skin in two weeks and then again at 30 days. And I was like, oh my gosh, I couldn't even believe. uh, Was she just following your your, your diet and your plan and supplements? She she bought all the supplements. She She did everything. And there were other women who were like, you know, I had, I had thought I was doing everything right for my acne. When I got into your book and I started to figure it out, like I was doing all of these things, but I really only had to do like these five things and my skin healed. And women who are writing me and they're like, I didn't even like, I didn't even ever think that I would be able to be off of hormonal birth control and not have acne. Women who are on the pill right now, so you can get on the pill and it can make your skin worse. So yeah, I actually, of all places, I was doing an interview and it happened to be in the Refinery29 building. I get to talking with the receptionist. She pulls out her camera and is showing me photos of her skin of when she, like her skin before she got an IUD placed and how bad she has cystic acne she developed after getting her IUD. And then she's like, and then I got the IUD removed and look at my skin. like it, it started to heal, but it still has persisted. And I was talking to her about my book and talking about all these things. She's like, oh my God, like because I'm just being told I have to take Accutane or take this <sighs> or take that. I'm like, but there's a root cause to this and you have an opportunity opportunity here to be able to heal it you have to be patient and it sucks because be nobody That's likes the, thing acne. About the
0: supplements too it's all you just got to keep doing it and you got to be patient yeah and you can't heal it though like so most is most acne because of Hormonal. It can be hormonal.
1: hormonal. It can be triggered. So dairy is a big one. And I right. talk about in the book that you've got to be off of it for at least six weeks. That's how long it takes the antibodies in your immune system to die down and give you a break there. There's um, an area that we really haven't explored in depth enough, which is the skin microbiome. We know that if you alter the gut microbiome, you alter the va- vagina, you alter the mouth. Like You start altering flora so your skin could totally be on par for that as well. So there's usually a gut component to it, liver detoxification. There's usually foods that are triggers, which is great gluten, when you can figure I know, out. like no gluten for women, right? Yeah, you know, gluten's one, I will say, what's interesting about it, um, so I, uh, I've i had so many patients who go to Europe and have no issue with gluten, <sighs> Yeah. and celiac is different. Celiac is very, very different, but with people with gluten sensitivities, um, it's looking more, you know, back, uh, I don't know, I think there's probably, I don't know how long ago it was that glyphosate was coming up people were questioning the pesticides and is gluten really the issue and they were called crazy and now we're starting to see and it's like the, it was clinicians like me who were like why can't a patient go to France for example and eat a baguette eat a whole baguette and right. have no a problems but they get a crouton on their salad and their body goes crazy and if you look on so I had the privilege of recently living in France and they are strict about their food they are like okay like if you are a boulangerie right. you can only use certain ingredients none of this like modifiable junk nothing no fillers none of none of this like artificial stuff that we put in Um, and so i think that's a piece of it as well but they have it's a lot more respect for food whereas in the united states like i'm a foodie i live in portland i got mad respect for food and for my farmers and the way it gets to me but it's also that like there was this trend That really You know Pushed the food industry We all have to recognize That like While we want to Vilify corporations They do match And meet the needs Of what the consumers Are asking for So we're all playing A role they in are. this Which yep. gives you power let let's not blame That's power But yep. we started Wanting convenience We wanted cheap food You can't make cheap food Like you can't make You can't right. make A hamburger for 29 cents right. And it'd be a legit hamburger Like that doesn't happen Exactly and, and so you know That's part of what's happened In the food supply In the US And we've certainly Seen that in you know other countries when you go. So I remember when I was in Costa Rica, small remote mountain town. How different people looked there. Um, and I go back a decade later, and here is KFC and McDonald's and all these places now in this like obscure rural town. I thought it was, and how much larger the population was. Like how how uh, like their adiposity had increased. And it's like, you know, this isn't a question of like, oh, is this like you know body image issues? No, this is a question of like whoa, if that fat is around their organs, then they're at higher risk for these other issues. So it is something that gluten tends to be really problematic uh, for a lot of people in the United States. I talk about it in the book of like, mm-hmm. this is probably going to be the one you can't bring back. If you have acne, you probably can't bring back dairy, but you may be able to figure out like, well, if I'm at a party, I can have a piece of cheese if I want to, or, you know, I can like have like, you know, that, that salad with some cheese on it. But if I do that three days in a row, okay, I'm going to be in trouble. Right, you said have discipline too. And there's so many alternatives now, like different oh, yeah. kinds of cheeses, like the vegan cheese, like those, they're good. There but are so many alternatives. You know worse, what's really good are the me. cashew cheeses yes. and the nut cheeses and the nut um, yogurts. Like I just... So my my son has a dairy sensitivity and my husband just came home with like cashew yogurt. And Ooh. I was like, shut up. What is that? <laughs> what, I actually spent yogurt. a Sunday making homemade granola at home just so I could have it with that yogurt. It was that good. Oh my God, Cash. <laughs> I'm writing this down. I don't even know. I mean, that's the thing. You've got to make mo- um,
0: modifications here. But hopefully, like I do think that if people... They read your book and they understand that this is really empowering. Yeah. And that it's really like we, you might even be ahead of what your doctor is telling you. They might not even agree with you, right? Because we're not saying for women, like if you had to, you know, they do not we don't need to go off the pill. Because I always say to women before I've, you know, last for years or whenever, when they call in, it's like, well, go to your doctor if you're having side effects. There might be a different kind of pill you can take. It mm-hmm. might not be work just because your friend's taking the same pill. There's other ones for you.
1: So what would you suggest Would you for women who are kind of going, ah, oh, it's all in the book. Yeah, well, and this is the thing. If I did I just, my job right in the book, and a lot of women up. have told me I have, is that, I want to dispel the fear in women's medicine. We make a lot of fear based decisions, which serves no one ever. And some of that fear is I'm afraid of this, so I'm going to go on birth control. I'm afraid of having that, I'm going to start birth control. Now I'm afraid of coming off of birth control because of X, Y, and Z. And we're like just completely reactive. And so I really wanted to dispel that fear, lay it out there for you, help you understand your body. So this book is designed to help you build a user manual to your body. It is. And it's so well done. It's so, I think it just, it just, so much information there,
0: you'll know what to do. So you will thank know. Thank you what for to do. writing this book, and I'm so glad that you are out there because I think that every woman share it with your partner, share it with everybody. Because I think that it's time that we get those, we get the manual, we get the instruction manual, we start to figure out why you know our bodies are doing what they're doing, and you're going to realize it's so much of it has to do with the foods we eat, the hormones, the pills we're taking, all the things, and then that all that has a. Um, could have an impact on your sex drive too which is a sex oh, so what have you, have you seen a lot with um people's sex drive coming back and stuff oh yeah and great stories yeah about. so
1: this is something that the research says that uh the sex hormone binding globulin and if you guys are like wait what she talk about rewind go listen again <laughs> um with that being elevated researchers went and looked at women like five years out and they said okay hold up that protein stays elevated above what a non-pill user ever was. So they what they concluded is it's unlikely it re- ever returns to the pre-pill state. And so, you know, this has been something where doctors are like, libido's gone, it's gone. But epigenetics, no. epigenetics, epigenetics, epigenetics for the epigenetics. win.
0: Exactly. And that is
1: something that clinically with the protocols that are in the book. So the protocols are in the book are actually developed from working one-on-one with my patients. So thank my patients <laughs> for trusting me and for keeping their data and reporting back to me so we could test the hypothesis. And then we test it. They report their data. We figure it out. And What we found is you can lower that sex hormone binding globulin, you can get your hormones back on track, you can reverse everything that's gone on with your gut, even if you went on to develop an autoimmune disease in your gut, it might take you 5 to 10 years to reverse that, but these things are possible and I've seen this with real life patients and I have heard the stories online and what I think is super cool about this book is that I never set out to give women permission. I don't think we need permission for anything, but in a way what women have said to me is it's It gave me permission to talk about this. Now I talk about my period. Now I talk about it. And women are saying, like, I don't hide my tampon. I talk with my friends about what's going on. And they're coming out and talking about their sex drive, talking about their libido. And, you know, last time when we were recording on the radio, we were talking about, you know, how medicine thought it had us all figured out and 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 in right now like we said how cocky medicine can be yeah. about our bodies and yet we just figured out the clitoris is this giant I massive know, instru- just, like st- structure it is like a space alien inside <laughs> our bodies how alien. did we miss it? <laughs> how did they? didn't even <laughs> teach it ma- I don't even know that it's in
0: manuals right now and in yeah. France it just got into their manuals like two what is it this year last year they just included the clitoris in some teaching manuals and yeah. schools like oh really that's what it is it has legs people yeah it has so legs this, the has legs. <laughs> There's so much to know, and I just want everyone to be to be to be knowledgeable. It's your body, it's your life, and all the things that you're dealing with. A lot of the symptoms that you're dealing with that you don't even know might have to do with your hormones. They probably do. First of all, and you can do something about it. So everybody should read this book, Beyond the Pill. Dr. Jolene Brighton. She's very entertaining too. I know. I already like love her, and the second I met her. But she's on Instagram all the time at Dr. Jolene Brighton. B R I G H T E N. It's also in our show notes. I love that you're doing the lives. Who can just watch it? She's walking you through the book. It's like a book club
1: yeah no that's what I it's set like out to do was do a little virtual book club and take people chapter by chapter through it and um, I just had this idea I was like laying in bed and I was like I'm gonna do that so I can like help answer you know I put this it's in the m- moment well yeah. I put this book out into the world and it's very much something that like I said I I intended to put the medicine in women's hands and I did want to create change in women's medicine by supporting women like it, it's not gonna come by me like yelling at doctors you need to change this but no. I do call them out in the book and I challenge them <laughs> yep. um, but it really Really was going to come by putting the medicine in women's hands and women being the walking living proof showing everybody what is possible and all of that and then women started saying like this is a movement and here's all the things that have changed and like but women using hashtags and being like i'm one of like dr Brayton's defenders and yeah. i'm like wait what are we talking about here and like but with that i'm like wow we did start a movement yep. and i don't like and that's like really why i'm here and doing what i'm doing is i'm like i need to be on the ground with these women supporting them you know sometimes authors they put a book out there and that's it and it just goes and it's like I wanted to find a way, like, how do I keep supporting women to move through this book, to understand how to use this book, to answer any questions? Because you write well, the book as a clinician and you're like, this makes total sense. And you have all these editors, but maybe it doesn't. Right, and exactly. how can I help answer it? And, and yeah, so Yeah, you're like, I, challenge you too, you
0: said. You're like, last totally. time, you're like, yeah, if you don't believe, like, ask me, ask the question. So I love that you're so available because it is a lot to take in. And so wherever you're yeah. at, it's important to, to learn. Because- there's a mom
1: right now who I like, seriously, I cried when she sent this to me. She bought the book she read it for herself. Um, She is nearing perimenopause. She's like, after 30 days, she felt the best she ever felt. Her husband was like, you look amazing. Our sex is amazing. Like every energy is up. All this stuff that she wrote off as she was just getting older and it was going to be impossible for her to ever feel well again. She passed the book to her 19-year-old daughter. And and because she's like my 19 year old needs to do this like read this because she's thinking about using birth control, and every night her 19 year old is reading it aloud to her 16 year old. Oh, I'm like oh, I love that's my the, God. that's the dream.
0: Like, I want kids in school. I want teachers to be reading this. I want. I, I see yeah. groups of women everywhere getting together. And there reading are this. all kinds of virtual each other. Uh,
1: book clubs popping up all over the internet. Women are starting book clubs like in starting communities to support each other. It is we need phenomenal women, what women. That are is doing. a big thing that we, women need
0: women. It's not just like oh I should have. A lot of friends. This, you know, since we are so isolated and lonely now and the phones and we don't leave our house, but like women need to be supporting women. Your friends are are, are your fuel, they're your life force. Like it's it's just, or I know your progesterone I feel that. gets up. Exactly. No, it's true. They <laughs> yeah. do. They spike your progesterone. But like, and I've known that like my friends have always been, I feel like what days when I get down and you know, Jamie's seen this in the office. I'm like, oh, and I'll come back. I'm like, I had lunch with my friends. Like, I just, I forget it. You need that hit. You need that rush from the, from women. And you could be that person. You could be that friend in your group. That's like, let's get together and do this together and figure out our health. We don't have to suffer every month and just bitch about your period and bitch about all the cramps and all the things you're going through in your
1: life. Support you each other. But you do get to bitch. Okay. You, can you bitch. do get to. <laughs> no, you can fucking bitch and eat ice and cream. But you shouldn't feel like-, like you have to. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and you shouldn't feel like you're at the mercy of your cravings right. or any of we this We don't stuff. have to
0: live with it. That's the thing we don't have to live with it no matter where we are at so thank you for this yeah, book. thank, thank you, you for coming in i'm so happy you wrote this book dr jolene brighton should we give her the five questions Ooh, quick fire, no, we five didn't. questions did we do it last time
1: i don't think we did i don't think so because i've never heard of this okay before. ready we're gonna give you five questions oh god
0: all of our guests answer
1: what's your biggest turn on oh my biggest turn on Besides doing the dishes? <laughs> um, wow. I, I Man, I'm like, I love the way my husband smells when he gets really sweaty. Um, are we talking about physical things? Yeah, anything, anything? I guess. Yeah, physical or what turns you on. But that's good, A scent. Yeah. No, the way he smells is so incredible, which I never noticed him until I got off the pill. Right. Um, and then I noticed him and I like can't get enough. And so, yeah, that's okay. definitely one of those things. He's like, I got... I got really lucky and my husband's one of those people that his pleasure is derived from pleasuring people. Oh. Like he's one of those people. Oh, yeah. I so love it's those just kind like, of people.
0: <laughs> I know. Those are the kind of men if you want to go down on me and give me pleasure all day, that is. Yeah, fine. right. And oh you're happy. God. We're oh all happy. God. Okay, yeah. biggest
1: turn off. Biggest turn off. Uh neediness, clinginess. What's something you like to tell your younger self about sex and relationships? oh, that like you should definitely be having orgasms and that your sexual needs are just as important and don't fake
0: it. Don't Never fake it. fake it. I love that you prescribe orgasms in here too. Um, number one sex or dating or relationship tip.
1: Oh, no, well, I don't know that I'm a dating expert. Sex relationship tip, all of that communication. You need to talk about it and explore your own terrain. Okay. Like if you don't know your own body, how can you communicate to someone else about exactly. it?
0: Exactly, that's why
1: we all need to masturbate.
0: And then communicate, masturbate, communicate. Uh, is what's that a hashtag yet? No, that should it be. should be. We've oh got god. so many of them. My new one is meditate, masturbate, manifest. That's oh my, my god! New one. I'm making t-shirts. Wait, say that again. Meditate, what? masturbate, manifest. That's, like, every that's the day. Perfect order, right? Right. Because you want to like, meditate first thing, because then you'll be able to distract yourself.
1: Well, yeah, and you'll be in the right like brain waves yeah. and you'll be super calm. It'll be easier to orgasm when when you orgasm, you're naturally in a state of gratitude, swimming with endorphins, like you've already accessed like the higher ups in all the ways such a brilliant why have I not been doing that this is like mind-body alignment we should be at the biohacking conference talking about this right now I think you're right I think you're absolutely right (laughs) okay Uh, something random that gets you in the mood something random that gets me in the mood oh you know you really should be asking my husband these questions (laughs) what gets him in the mood what gets him in the mood <laughs> looking at me like oh. random, like I'm not even kidding I like your I will actually hide sometimes to change my clothes if I know I have to be out of the house on a period of time because if I am like I'm just like you know going to change my shirt and then th- there he is I'm like <laughs> where were you? you weren't even in the room like That's adorable yeah. I love your relationship oh but what was the question again? I don't know random that gets you in the mood something random that gets you in the mood random thing that gets me in the mood Uh oh my god I, I will say nerdy talk yeah like if there is something like really like mind blowing, nerdy, uh like new epiphany, like seriously, like the the oh my god, you should meditate and then have an orgasm. That kind of gets me in the mood right there. I just turned her on. That's something a little bit random though, but like that's uh no, yeah you say theosexual. Someone's get turned down by words totally brains. I the same way I totally Yeah, am. yeah. Okay. Talk okay. nerdy to me, right? Talk, <laughs> talk nerdy
0: to me. Yes, that's a good t shirt too. Okay, thank you for being here, Dr. Doolin You're doing great work. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you. And I wish I answered those questions a lot better. It was fun.
0: No, you were awesome.
1: No, thank you so much. This was so much fun. So fun.
0: (laughs) All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. Wow, I did. That was good work, you guys. Good information. Thank you for listening. I love you all. Thanks to my amazing team, Ken, Michelle, producer Jamie, and Michael. Was it good for you? Email me, feedback at sexwithemily.com. You often ask me about new ways to connect with your partner and keep things super hot. Well, I've got the solution that will add adventure to your sex life in all the right ways. The Jive from WeVibe is the perfect way to experience discreet pleasure that you can wear alone or have a partner control. It's an insertable vibe that allows you to feel pleasure wherever and whenever. And when you pair it with the WeConnect app on your phone, you can cycle through the Jive's 10 vibration patterns. Wear it on your date night or running errands. Hey, there's no rules. It's also fun to build custom vibes so you experience different sensations or hand control over to your partner and let them surprise you, whether they're across the table or across the country. And because it's from Vibe, you know this thing is packing the power. To get your jive, visit sexwithemily.com slash WeVibe. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash WeVibe today.